we all used to talk about, you know, running up in batches and all that. And, you know, a lot of times you can poke that, you can spit that, but at the same time, it's the way you do it. But we also, we got to give them some game, you know what I'm saying? Like, like free game, it's a lot of game involved. We got other songs that didn't make the album. Because we was preaching too much. Yeah, yeah pre- I just want to make a statement. Much, you know? I just want to make a yeah. statement. You know, rap, the essence of it is shit talking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We can't forget that. We People gotta can't stay lose sight of that. Word. That's part of the sport. Mm-hmm. It's like playing basketball without jumping. You gotta jump. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yep. shit talking is part of the game. <laughs> oh Lord, Jason made another one. This week, we sat down with three-fourths of Mount Westmore, which includes Ice Cube, E-40, and Too Short. We talked about their new album, Bad MFs, the keys to longevity, and how they're seeing the West Coast evolve. We're running late. Let's roll. I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. Today is a very, very special episode. Initially, I was going to introduce you guys as West Coast legends, but that's not really enough. You guys are hip-hop legends, cultural legends. It's, it's an honor to be here with you guys. I feel like we got to start at the beginning. What's that first phone call? Who's the one who kicks off this rap supergroup, this rap collective? How does this thing start off? Uh, that would be me uh, during the pandemic. Um, pandemic. <laughs> during the pandemic, you know what I'm saying? My, um, my manager, RJ, we were just chopping game. He's like, so, man, we need to do something, man. What are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? And um, he was like, man, I don't know why you and, you and Cube and Short and Snoop don't just put together a group, you know? And I was like, that's a hell of an ideal, you know? We rock together. We always doing shows together anyway. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, first person I called was Cube because I feel like if Cube is thumbs up, I'm pretty sure everybody else is going to be thumbs up because Cube, you know, he, he, uh, so, you know, he select things differently. You know, he makes sure... Like he ain't gonna he ain't gonna be in a group with with a bunch with a bunch of suckers or some some old you know people that's trolling and doing stupid shit you know what I'm saying so I say what you think about a group and uh, with me you Snoopy Dog and uh, Todd were too short and he was like uh hell yeah what what, what we gonna call it you know I said what we gonna call it Cube just uh Mount Westmore it just came out just like Mount Westmore instantly like, instantly I was like ooh. Did you have that on tuck? Like you just knew kind of like what you wanted that word to mean and what you wanted that group title to be? Not really. You know, it's just um, Fody called me and said, yo, we've been knowing each other forever. We hang, we we love each other. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, lifelong homies, you know. And so why don't we start a group? And, you know, knowing what they mean in Northern California and knowing what we mean in Southern California, you know, Mount Westmore mm. was the just the perfect name. Um, you know, at at, a, at the time, it was a lot of talk going around about Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and um, you know, I I was like, you know, forget Mount Rush, Rushmore. It's all about Mount Westmore. It all just fit perfectly for us. It was for them on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, they, they called me third. <laughs> the phone call lasts about 30 seconds Yeah, yeah we So I say, Cube, let's call Short Don't so, be a group? Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah all right. Short was like, let's go And then we say, let's call Snoopy Dog So we got Snoopy Dog He was, let's rock, cuz And that was it And now we have Mount Westmore Come on, we start sending each other songs Because we all got access to our own stu- We got our own studios mm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and we just start sending us Next thing you know, we end up with like 50 songs And we just vibe and we doing FaceTime, Zoom, all that and they came together, you know what I'm saying, real groovy, like, you know what I mean, and jamming. And it's not it's not what we try to make uh, the, these pro- this project. Well, I can say these projects because it's more than one. We got more than one album. Yeah, 50 songs. Right, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like it wasn't like we was trying to make it like young. We wasn't trying to make it old. We wanted that happy medium right between. Like we wanted our old school fans to feel it and we wanted the youngsters to feel it. So you got four guys who are extremely experienced at what they do. Yeah. Not just <laughs> to say it lightly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in every aspect of it, like yeah. every angle you can look at it, they all have experience. So you're putting the beats up to the group. It was like an auction. It's like the beat would come through and it, it'll pop up on the group text. And then, you know, somebody without even saying, oh, I like that one. Like nobody would say that shit. It would just come back to the group text with one verse on it. And you're like, okay. Somebody else would just go, bam, now it's got two verses on it. Mm-hmm. Some some beats would pop up in the group text, and it would just be like crickets. And then we'd say, <laughs> yeah, that's real. And then we'd say, Snoopy missing your verse, or 
Earl, we missing your verse. Like that's how we we we'll fill that in real quick with the hurry upness. But it, it was a fun process, man, because because you know we all fans of each other, so it's hard to kind of like just be in work mode. You also in fan mode at the same time. Like, ooh, did you hear what he said? Like it it was that type thing. Bro, I got a group chat, but we not making classic records fifty <laughs> times. Like you know, we trading around the songs that y'all make, right? I'm curious for you guys. I mean, obviously the pandemic uh, changed the way we do things. You sounds like you guys are doing a lot of this remotely as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also, why was this like the right time? Like, do you feel like this a record or a group like this could have been formed in the past? Like, you know, it doesn't I, happen in 2019. Yeah, because yeah, in 2019, first of all, we was all in the house. We wasn't doing no shows. We COVID shit, so everybody was in the house. Just everybody, like everybody's on lockdown. So it's like, you know, it was the perfect time because we was like, ain't nobody doing shows right now. Let's knock it out. We had a good time. We had a good time doing it. You know, it's um, this is the third group that I'm a part of. Yeah, you know, counting NWA, Westside Connection, and now Mount Westmore. Um, and it's iconic every time. It's a movie. It's worth doing. It's uh, it's something good for hip hop. You know, if we could show other artists that people love from all over the country that they can do it too. You know, when you want to see. Uh, you know, Big Daddy and Rakim and mm. and them dudes do it. Um, you know, uh, dudes from the South. Um, so hopefully people will see what we did and how much fun we had. And uh, it'll be a trend, you know, in hip-hop that, you know, you'll have these iconic artists getting together, um, doing collaborations or just or, – or forming a group. Yeah. Uh, you know, forming a group is – is, you know, a step further than just doing a record together. You got to think of the elements too, bro. Yeah, we, um... we committed to, to you know, being Mount Westmore, you know, um, as long as we all, you know, are committed to doing records and having fun and 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 pumping up it's the like group. like Voltron. Yeah, you know. We all <laughs> yeah. Voltron together. When they call us, they could call us and book book us all on the same show calling four different camps. Mm-hmm. But when you got to call to one camp, it's a different sort of unity to that, to, to booking us as a group. And then on top of that, man, everything y'all saying is like, to me, one of the most important things is the ageism in hip hop and making a statement mm. and making a statement for that, not against it, but for that. You, you're sitting there saying, uh, you can't rap past a certain age or, uh, OG this and that or the OGs is like man oh, fuck the youngsters all that but it ain't even like that we just sitting there saying bro this is a career man just said he was in three groups as of now and solo and all of, all of it was iconic uh, 40 with his family to click 40 over the year I, think, I feel like 40 yourself has had three careers like he didn't shift the gears three times E40 we didn't seen the young E40 we seen the the, the, the early 2000s E40 now we got this new E40 yeah you know the, the spit is still there the, the, the game is still there and I just feel like when you're looking from younger to older and you're like, man, them old dudes, man. But this is what you want to be. If you're a rapper, this is where you want to go to and where you want to end up at when you're 50-something years old, still selling out crowds, still getting money, and still relevant. This is where you want to be. So this is for hip-hop in every way. Definitely. Every way. Longevity. Longevity. Example, a real example of what this can be for you, young rapper. Now, I got to ask you all, when you first started, I mean, like, did you all see this for yourselves? Like, when you were first like kicking up and like making your first like one or two records, like did you have a plan of like this is what I want to be when I'm older Hell in this no. game? More <laughs> not said, as nah. a group, but we all want to still be relevant and still rap till we you know till till we till not here was, no more. I retired when I was thirty. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, <laughs> and then he was right back. Then he then he <laughs> he's right back. Yeah. I never retire because I say I'm retired when I re- I'm, when I expire. You know, ultimately, you, me? you know, it's not like an athlete. Um, you know, the knees go bad, you know, the shot ain't, ain't hitting like it used to. You don't want to tackle them. You don't want them to tackle you. <laughs> um, it's not like that in music. You know, the tongue, the tongue stays sharp. You know, the tongue actually doesn't get old. It gets better. Yeah. Uh, the game gets better. The knowledge gets knowledge, better. Yeah. The, the, the way to put records together and see, you don't become a legend by just having any old kind of raps. You got to do iconic raps that that uh, move the needle in people's lives and people's heart. Um, and if you don't move that needle, you won't become iconic. You know, we all have records that's touched people in different ways. Um, and, and that's why, you know, they accept us here now 
to do the same thing. To me, we don't reach. We stay, you know, we stay in our lane and, mm. and give the people what they expect from us. You know, when I when I go and, and go to see the Ozzy Brothers perform or go see the Gap, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Gap Band, yeah, Gap Ohio, Band, yeah, uh, OJ, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Charlie Wilson, all them dudes. I, I need them to sound like they they, they yeah. did, you know what I'm saying? When mm. I fell in love with them, I don't want them trying to sound like the new ones and the and the this ones. I want them to sound like how they sound when I fell in love with them, and they don't need to uh, so called evolve. You know, they just need to keep giving us that good Doing music what they do. to be themselves. Yeah, man. It's crazy. I'm like, I know y'all pros because y'all just flew through like 10 of these questions. I work really hard on. Like, wing it, man. Wing it. But I think for y'all, one thing I always notice, and I'm listening to some of the records y'all just sent over. I heard them this morning. And I'm not trying to make a criticism, but I want to be, I want to be honest here, is that when I hear records, especially like when I was watching dudes from the East Coast, some of the guys I liked, there was a moment where you'd almost see them lose their flow. They still had the lines, they still could write, but they lost their flow. And I'm listening to y'all's record and the flow isn't gone. I do it too big. Too much gang for the brain. For the brain. I can sell the stock exchange some chain. Some chain. I own three or four different strains. Different strain. You can find me at the shooting range. Shooting range. Bigger pants with bigger pockets to hold a nigga stash and a couple rockets. Just in case a nigga wanna try to dog. Catch him in the morning while he trying to jog. The whole thing is stand within your jurisdiction and your envelope, stand in your lane, mm. but also evolving. Like I feel like if you a rap, if you a real recording artist and you versatile, you can rap over any slap, over any beat, and be st and still be you. Yeah, and that's what that's what we mastered. Like we still us, no matter what. You can tell well, when you, you will, come you out. Will you will lose your flow if you sit at home too long. Yeah, and you come back. Rusty, yeah. you will lose your you will lose your stage you timing your craft, on man. how to rock crowd. You will lose your your instincts in the studio on how to just attack every beat that 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 you want to get on. And I think that each of us equally have stayed in shape, mm. hip hop shape, studio because I know for a fact we all do shows together and. We consistently do shows together from when we were young. In recent years, I've always been on a show with either this guy, this guy, or Snoop, or all of us on the same show. Always. It's never not And there's the always time. a family reunion. Yeah. Mm. Always. I think the key really, too, is uh, get the people what they expect and then a little what they don't expect. You know, if you do that, you'll stay in the right lane. If you get the people exactly what they want and a little bit more. There was a week in there where we made some kind of slower tempo, kind of 90 sound and shit. And then somebody like 40 a sound out and go be like, bro, we can't just stay on this old shit, bro. We got to <laughs> like, like speed it up or uh, do something like something different. So we went through phases of, you know, what it was. It was a, it was a point where we got to a bunch of records and then Cube step up and say, man, that shit sounded too bad, man. It's it's too much bad. Let's go. So we got to turn the corner. Some, and we in Southern California. Yeah, we just got a lot of different flavors of like, you know, we got some songs that I don't think any of made the first project, but we got some like little sensitive feelings and shit and speaking on our, our emotions and of like towards women or whatever. Like we got it's it's a variety of shit, but I think uh I think it's all staying in shape. And we could all rap on it, we could make the song, we could it could get halfway done, whatever, and you have the honesty of somebody going, I don't like it. Yeah. Like after it's done. That is that has happened. Like yeah. I, we did it, but we all speak our spoke our mind through the whole process because there ain't no need to just hold shit in just let it out because we want to be the best we can be so communication is everything i'm not gonna say you can't have that in your youth but that to me comes with like experience and wisdom right like like pushing the ego away and being like yo we all great we still gonna make something great um but to be able to be honest amongst your peers and be like maybe this could be better or let's go make some more stuff and see if we still like this right like, i mean i learned that from dr dre you know even as a youngster if you ain't dope, you're not making it on the record. You know, that, was, yeah, that was his motto. Word. You know, it, I don't care who, who yeah. in the group. Like yeah. this group, this song, it just had two people on it. Or it might have three or it might have yeah. one. That was the motto. So you knew you couldn't come even half-assed because you just don't know, you know, what, what dude was going to say on was you going to make it on the record or not with that verse. So... I've always taken that throughout my whole career. Like mm. either either it's dope or take it off the record. Um and so I, I kinda come in with that mentality 
went through it too with with uh with uh Westside Connection, you know, with uh Mac Ten and Dub C just trying to sharpen each other, keep each other, you know, sharp, competing on on arguing and yeah, huh? In the studio arguing. All that. Got you to. Know, everything Got to. it takes Got to, to make a good record and arguing is part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Rewind my part, fool, and bow down when I come to your town. Bow down. When I'm Westwood Vance. Bow down. Cause I ain't a hater like you. Bow down to a nigga that's greater than you. Do you have a Drake record where he was like challenging you to like, hey, I don't know about this verse. We got to make it better. Or you felt like, yo, Dre, you should have put me on this shit. Like, what are you talking about? Um, Fortunately, I was able to make all the records <laughs> that I tried to do. Okay. But there's records where, you know, I feel like the way I was rapping it, mm. I should have kept it. And the way he had me rap it, it ended up being a hit. So what can you say? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, when you were a when you were a great producer, let yourself be produced. Mm-hmm. Damn, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Let yourself be produced. Now, when you wear the new booty, then like, you take the reins. But maybe I'll wrap it like this. Yeah, you know, you got to show them what to do. But when you're with, you know, a, a veteran, somebody who has, you know, the 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 hardware, mm-hmm. um, be produced. Let them go, you know, just roll with it. Roll with it. Let let them produce you. That's dope, though, when you're in the studio and you, and you write a verse and you rap it and the people in the room with you, the producer or whoever, go, take those same words and do this cadence. And you're yeah. like, for real? And then you try it and it works. It you works. Know? Damn. That's producing. Yeah. Who's that been for you all? Maybe it's not necessarily a producer. It might be uh, another artist. might be even an engineer. Like, have you guys found those, like, those trusted relationships in your we individual do it to careers? Yeah, I mean, we've had a hell of a lot in studios. We've been doing this shit for many moments. Yeah. I argue a lot yeah. with Ann Banks. A lot of arguments yeah. with Ann Banks. Uh, who else? Um, I, I used to be in the studio with Jazzy Faye and Lil John, both of them. Yeah, Lil John, both boy. Lil John. He do a whole he song. Go he go hard like, on you, boy. He, he make you switch <laughs> up a verse real quick. He don't give a damn who you He like, doc, like Dr. Dre do. It's for the better. It's mm. for the better good. Trust me. Lil John got a hit out of me one time. Uh, Shake that monkey. Yeah. I had totally took the beat. I was in Miami, went to my hotel, wrote three verses, old school 16 bars, three verses, recorded them shit, showed back up the next day. He said, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I had more of an idea like this. And he started doing the hook. And I was like, okay, back to the hotel. I came back with the Shake That Monkey. Everybody know. But had he been a, a passive producer or somebody who wasn't really producing, it was just a, a supplying beats. Because, you know, some people, like a lot of beat makers are beat not makers. producers. Mm-hmm. I personally did that for a lot of producers where... They come with the beat and I make the fucking song great mm-hmm. and I give them producer credit even right. though I, I fucking did yeah. it. Because we composers in our right mind. We we composers too. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot it's to a, do with the beat. It's a breath of fresh air when it happens the other way around and you and that expert doing it and somebody else is saying, man, try to try this and the shit mm-hmm. work out. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's funny talking about a region like the West because um, sometimes there's these weird pipelines that happen between the West Coast and other regions. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a there's a conversation always happening between Chicago and L.A. There's also this this line between Detroit like, to the Bay mm-hmm, and uh, Atlanta to the Bay, mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans to the Bay. Mm-hmm. What is that like? Do y'all feel that too? Because I you find sounds and artists sometimes travel back and forth. Sometimes I think it's just black feet, our mamas black and sisters. <laughs> yeah, and, and also talk. also you know we had a lot of migration right to mm. California. You know coming from these areas, moving to California when we was younger. So we've always had a connection, you know, with the South. You know, it's, it's L.A. and Texas got a connection. Yeah. Um, and L.A. and Louisiana got and a connection, too. And we speak their language. We and speak so, how they living. We we spoke, especially in the early ni- late 80s, early 90s. We spoke what they was li- how they was living. Mm. When somebody when they when some when a rapper is talking how you living, you feel it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And those are the, those are some of the regions that really you know the states that rock with us. You know what I mean. Yeah, and and the West Coast have always been respectful of all all co- all hip hop, you know, mm. um, all regions. The East Coast, you know, was when when rap first came out 
was kind of like, yo, we do it the best. Everybody else, you know what I mean? There's still down. a lot of that in us, yeah. even though some of us <laughs> didn't live through that. Yeah, know? yeah, it's like everybody else sit down. We the Mecca. Yeah, and right, so right. L.A., we couldn't have that posture. You know, we was open to everything. We played everything. All of California, you know, up yeah, all Northern California. California, Southern California. We accepted everybody, mm. you know, from... Yeah, I wouldn't be here if I didn't embrace the South immediately. Yeah. Yeah, me so, too. Me too. I think that was a you know an opening door. Like we also you know uh, was influential with with opening the door for a lot of artists that was in the South. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, you got you got E Forty with Master P. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, short probably helped everybody. Yeah, he did. Up, he did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Texas got a lot of short dog in it because yeah. that me that and Scarface. Tempo. Yes. You know, me and Scarface yeah. did a lot together, you know. Uh, so I, I just think there's a connection because we've always, you know, had open arms. Even even when the West Coast was, uh, you know, gaining momentum and, and, and uh, we were still welcoming everybody with open arms. I feel like the greats know that even early on in their career. Like I know a lot of um, the way I was hearing people was like, do hove. Right, whether it's a record with you, mm-hmm. um, I remember when he was doing songs with like Eight Ball, MJG, Juvenile. Like this is back when regionalism was like through the radio, mm-hmm. so you really only got stuff through. Like for me, it was Hot ninety seven, and then you'd find an artist, you buy the single. It probably sounds crazy if people listen to streaming, but then you'd go and get the CD, and that's how you found out about everything. But the greats peeped that early. Yeah, I mean, the people told me that Jay Z first record was on priority, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the, what I'm saying. So like did his independent thing there, and yeah. then figured out the game. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, um, we've always been open to mm. talent. You know, if you're good, we're going to rock you. We're going to rock you out here, you know, if you're good. I give, I give a lot of credit to Biggie and to Jay-Z mm. because somewhere, where they were from in Brooklyn, somewhere, wherever that was. It was some game involved. They weren't really just like, oh, you got to be from the five boroughs or nowhere else. Cause you say you from Jersey, yeah. Like you was excluded too. Jersey was not oh. in it. It was the five boroughs. You have to be from these five. You did this, and then we were over there. Yeah, like yeah. Philly, y'all ain't in it. Jersey ain't in it. DC, yeah. back up. It was New York or nothing. And I think that uh, it's a couple of cats in Brooklyn that told me they was like, man, we was always listening to all that shit. So when Biggie and Jay Z got on, both of them immediately. You see, look who they both worked with. They both brought in artists from everywhere to collab with, and. I give them credit because they sort of set off a trend. When I got on a record with Biggie, then I got on a record with Jay-Z, all kind of New York motherfuckers was like, do a record with me. And I was like, cool. Like, y'all know I've been out here last 10 years hanging out. Y'all ain't saying shit to me. <laughs> one, of, one of my highlights of the West Coast and the East Coast, besides me working with ODB. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one, right? Was when I seen MC8. In the so simple video was so can we be so simple, babe? Oh, when I seen MC8 in the car with when we're under the Wu Tang. I don't know if it was Meth or one of them. He was in the car with him. I, he, I like look at him out there that's, in New York campaigning. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. MCA was out there. That was big to me. I just, I just liked that look, the collab. Just he wasn't. He was just there for a cameo. He was just there just to be there, like kicking it as a homie. Yeah, and you know that meant a lot. You know, I what think uh, me working with the Bomb Squad too. You know, yep. Public Enemy Shockley's doing that right. record. Yeah, uh, Shockley now. Yeah, yeah. Hank, yeah, Hank and Keith Shockley. Yeah, Eric Sadler. It opened up the vision that a lot of things can happen back and forth. Before me, it was Ice T. You know, Ice T working with Africa Islam, and doing the you know getting his beats from New York, but but having rhymes that was West Coast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it started to to loosen up the whole you know tightness that yeah. was there, and um and you know I, it's been love ever since. Like you know, like I said, from Rakim to EPMD to Legends LL, um, you know. Tribe Called Quest, everybody. X-Clan was a big highlight for me because they was Brother J and all, and they were spitting knowledge, like, you know, talking about Marcus Garvey. And people, like, people, they didn't teach us in history about, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. Malcolm X and, you know what I mean, all of them. I mean, it was educational along with KRS-One. They 
taught us taught me a lot that I didn't even know. They didn't teach us stuff some of the stuff in in history when I was in school. You know what I mean? Do you guys look at these like relationships that you guys have built these sort of cross cultural relationships and see like the real value in it? Because like a lot of us just got to grow up with them, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm in like the the middle ground where like I remember where it was kind of the idea that maybe you weren't supposed to have them, right? Or that people didn't have them. And now to everyone, there is almost no region, right? Like everyone is sort of in the same melting pot. Do y'all look back at that and see the value of those relationships and how you guys form them? Without a doubt. Mm. Um, just seeing how hip hop has evolved. Yeah. Like I remember when it was no hip hop nowhere and then it was trinkling in and you had to seek it and find it and look for it. And, and then I remember when we were, you know, like, you know, the, the eyeballs, cause we was doing hip hop, you know, everybody on my street was, was gang banging sports or girls, you know what I'm saying? Hip hop was like, what? cardboard spinning on your head what the hell <laughs> spray painting every damn thing you know people spray painted to hit stuff up but nobody was doing graffiti you know Art, yeah mm-hmm. so so you know i seen it go from us being like you know the only only dudes battling in school uh to you know this wave of hip-hop taking over everything i remember the first white people I heard listening to Run DMC and the Beastie Boys and I was tripping out like yeah. yo they listening to rap mm-hmm. and and then it just snowballed and so you know going from just a fan looking from the outside to being a part of it to trying to make sure the west coast you know planted our flag and we wasn't just a fly by night thing you know what I'm saying I started throwing up the W just trying to make sure that we had mm-hmm something that identified us you know what i mean like every picture you see you're gonna see me throwing up this w you're gonna know that we represent the west coast of this thing and 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 that we we not gonna die because this song played out or this style played out we here to stay just like every other artist you yeah. know when you're a trailblazer you don't. You, you're not in your mind going. I'm a trailblazer. You're, not, <laughs> you're, you're you're going down some road that it was never a road before. So you're making this shit. Motherfuckers are gonna follow you, and they're gonna appreciate what you did for them, and they're gonna call you a trailblazer and a trendsetter and an icon and a legend. But when you becoming that, there ain't no word for that between you and yourself. You're just like, I'm doing this shit. When I started rapping in the Bay, wasn't nobody rapping. Like literally, mm-hmm. I'm in Oakland, California, and like he said, we they pulled out the, the cardboard or the beats and they sitting there rapping on that block and everybody else gangbanging. Like literally, I'm doing something. I'm walking around with a radio with with my one little rap song on it and they're like, hey, little man, play your rap. You know what I mean? Like, that's, the, that's the little dude that rap. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was no, no. Um, he's a rapper. Like that, no. was, that was like a fucking novelty. And when guys like me and Earl, which we... we we set up the independent Bay Area culture of of doing it yourself. But at the same time, he's developing his technique on how to sell independent records. I'm 30 miles away doing the same thing out of necessity. Not we're not in touch with each other. We're not saying, man, I got to, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to blow up. We just literally we doing it and loving it and trying to figure out how the fuck do I get this shit out there? And we figured out how to do it, man. Like, like because we had no options. That's West Coast. Nah. We started that shit. You you sitting here right now with the Trailblazers. Snoopy Dogg is our little young homie. He, <laughs> he came in. The trail was blazed. He just came in and set it on fire. Like you know, but he I, studied the game, and 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 he was a fan of you know, like I say, game recognized game out there mm-hmm. in Long Beach. You know, they gamed up as well. You know, so with us, we just um. We just we, we we did something. I figured it out. I was like, and he did too. First of all, just like you said, you was a little homie, that little dude that rap. But guess what? I figured I say, man, you know what? This more fame, more money, and it's legit. It's better than the dope gang. You feel <laughs> <Yeah>. me? <laughs> and you claim way more fame than the D boy. You feel yeah, me? You feel me? <laughs> so it's like, this is it, you know? And we we did that. We went ahead and did that, man. Yeah, you flip you know a kilo. You flip a kilo wholesale, you might make with five racks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the money that we make in rap is was it was more way more lucrative than flipping units, keys. Mm. You know, you know what I'm saying? 
Like we was, I, I was like, man, this is it, bro. I got my first. I start seeing my checks like five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Then it go up to a hundred, like in the beyond. So I'm like, man, bro, this is it for this man. I remember having a Come conversation <laughs> with a Oakland uh, police department detective, like one of them fucking motherfuckers that only do drugs. Drug bus, yeah, yeah. and he's like, get out the car. And he, I'm not in trouble. He ain't finna search me. He's just like, man, you know we're investigating you. I'm like, investigating me for what? He's like, drugs. You know what? I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't sell drugs. He's like, look at your car. Look at look who you be with. I'm like, dude, do I gotta like go get one of these fucking checks? Yeah, exactly. Like, check <laughs> every six months, come on, for hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. every six months. Do I need to show you one and show you? I don't do. Nah, like, we're gonna you. get you. <laughs> yeah. so when I first came, when I, when I first came out. <laughs> <laughs> right, first one saw like '89. I, I spent a lot of time in Phoenix. I went to school for a year out there. I saw you out there, and um, the homie I was running with, the feds ran in on him. Phoenix Field, y'all seen every now and then. Homies ran in. The feds ran in on him. Took all his people to jail. They looking for me too. They catch up with me out here. I'm coming from a concert out in Anaheim. They catch me, and. They say you're a fugitive from Phoenix. What you talking about? Yeah, man, we got you on all kind of transcripts. You talking about dope, man? You talking about eight ball? You talking about? I'm like, man, them <laughs> records. <laughs> Crazy, I'm man. I'm talking about records, man. <laughs> nah, nah. They had a whole case. We had to send a whole package to the DA with articles and shit about NWA, about our whole group and everything. Trailblazing. They didn't understand yeah, how to separate. They, yeah, they, they, they didn't uh, understand it. They ended up dropping the case. Cause of that, but yeah, yeah, they and probably say, playing yeah. the CD on the way home. Like, <laughs> come on, yeah. So we come up through all that, yeah. You know? So we remember when it wasn't an industry. So sometimes now to see people, you know, talking about rappers and celebrities and hip hop and how it's such a bad influence, and then I'm like, man, please, you know, we created an industry out of nothing, a culture. Yeah, look how broke we were before rap. Just look at those pictures. You know how how niggas was living in seventy nine, seventy eight, seventy seven, and how how we were before then. And then look what happened just a decade later when rap started to take over. How people start living. It it started to 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 expand and become an industry, and a lot of different people started to get paid off the music, not just the rapper, mm-hmm. but, but now the video director, the producer. The journalist. You know what I'm saying? The, the DJs. The DJs. Everybody. DJs. You know what I mean? The people covering the music. So, you know, we've created an industry from nothing. And, you know, it would be crazy for people to throw it away because they don't like a song or two. I can remember small evolutions, like working in a sneaker store in the mall, and it was the only store that played rap. So, like, other dudes, like... The people from the food court would come hang out in Foot Locker because yeah, they want to hear the music. Yeah, you know, even coming to the stockroom or whatever. And then there was a day I walked into the mall and I heard rap just in the mall. And like I literally stopped, was like, huh? You know, and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe someone's not working today and someone's about to get fired. But then it became the thing everywhere. I'm curious for you all, the ways you guys have watched uh, rap evolve into what it is now, um, what's your favorite thing about it, whether it's the business, the artistry? Um, the scale of it all, like what's been the thing? My favorite thing is the dream. The young, the youngsters dream. We used to dream of like a show. Yeah. Oh, gonna be so, that's a big crowd, I'm a rocket. Yeah. We used to dream about, wish I could hear myself on the radio once. Mm, man. These motherfuckers dream about being rich. Come on. I want to be rich. I want to be like future. I want to be rich. They want to, you know, they got a, an example. And to, what's, what's so beautiful about us, I can speak for myself and, and, and y'all too. I, I, you know, it was really rappers. Music is a passion. Before I even, before I even heard of rap, before rap even exist, I was in the fourth grade and I wanted to sign up for the band. I signed up playing the drums and I played the drums from the fourth grade all the way to 12th. You understand? Back then, they didn't have Pro Tools and Logic and all this. Just, yeah. We had to do things manually. That was our only way into music. So I learned how to do, you know, certain rhyme patterns and all that stuff. And that's why my style is all over the place like space. You know, it's very unorthodox. It's different. But I still find my own pockets to rap in. You dig what I'm saying? Rap pattern, the flow is no different than drums. Drums. It's the same thing. You can, if you could play drums, you can rap. Exactly. At least you can get the cadence at least. I like the the whole 
the industry that was created, how much has expanded to all these little nooks and crannies platforms. and people been able to make a career and make a living and feed their family off the music mm. uh, from all these different aspects. Hip-hop clothing, hip-hop films. I Everything. Mean, yeah. You know, um, we changed the whole world with this music. You know, before um, the world was 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 whack you know <laughs> it, it wasn't fresh diversifying you know, everybody was, wants to dress like the rappers we, we the made the world everybody fresh. wants rapper swag we tell people all the time rapper, like rap is the biggest export we don't really make we don't make steel no more we don't like we there's all these things that don't exist in america rap culture is america's biggest yeah. export right like, yep that may be an apple or microsoft <laughs> and even then right so some of those are like the real businesses overseas like rap is home it's it's one of the most American art forms. Well, as a black man, it's not our first our first go round. We did this with the blues. We Couple did it with things. jazz. Yeah, we did it with rock and roll. We've done this. So for the new new generation that came up and and, and brought hip hop, it was just the same thing we've been doing, man. Fucking fucking uh, Chuck Berry and motherfucking Ike Turner. You know, yeah. I just feel like the co- our culture uh, raises Jones. our culture uh, raises the evaluation of everything. Mm. You know, of everything like what we do other people do after and they make money after watching what we do you know what I'm saying and I like how the a we lot of our billionaires they reprint it. We, we invent it they reprint it exactly yeah. our billionaires right now you know what I'm saying and soon to be billionaires and so, so on and so forth they diversified their portfolio it's not just selling records that's made what made got them where they at so, it's, it's, it's side hustles it's doing everything else outside of that space yeah you know and that's what. And look what look what rap. Look at hip hop, man. That's rap. You know what I'm saying? This is this is where it's at. And the, so, and the songs I've heard from the record, um, one was I believe "Free Game," right? And so yeah. much of what you guys are talking about on this isn't just um, it's not just like lifestyle music, right? Because it's got a ride and a bounce to it. But a lot of what you guys are talking about is like economic mobility, building yourself up. There's a lot of information that's baked into this record, um, in a very intentional way, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely. Elevating, educating, money making, motivating, no doubt. We about free game from the dog and it's on the house. Free game, free game, free game. That's what people want to hear from us, man. You mm. know, yeah. we done rapped about everything under the everything. sun. Everything. <laughs> now it's about, you know, spitting game. Mm-hmm. Lacing, lacing the youngsters up. A lot of game was taught in hip hop, you know, from the X-Clans to the public enemies to the Karras ones. Um, and, you know, now you got... People that's pushing it for, further, you know, the Kendrick Lamars of the world, uh, J. Cole. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, so this is our place. We we can't just, you know, rap about bullshit without, without putting a little game in there, without yeah. spitting a little game and uh, letting people know really what time it is because that's, that's rap at its finest. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it's entertaining you and it's teaching you, you know, and it's helping you get ahead. Um, elsewhere on this album what were some of the other things and the conversations like between all y'all and I, I don't want to forget Snoop's involvement in this but like yeah. you were like oh people want to hear this from us or people want to hear that from us and how did that work into the creative process especially doing I'm imagining all this was done remotely or was some of this oh, well of course we you know like I say thanks to Zoom and FaceTime and all that stuff you know what I'm saying we were able to look each other in the eye you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and you know kind of get a feel of how we want to approach we had, this we had we Zoom meetings you yeah know, we, we did two hour Zoom meetings <laughs> yeah. three hours everybody had they had they smoke Talk I had my shit. drink yeah. like everybody just doing what we do do you know um, Starts off with shitting on each other's sports teams. Yeah, we talk shit. <laughs> they Raider fans. I'm 49ers fan. Snoop Steelers. You know what I'm saying? Then we talk about basketball, Lakers, Warriors, all that. So, you know. And then we ask how the families is doing, how everybody family doing, all that stuff. So, I, I call it the verbal paintbrush. You mm-hmm. know, we paint pictures with our rhymes and all that, you know, but of course we're not doing the things we used to do. We, you know, we all used to talk about, you know, running up in batches and all that. And, we, 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 you know, a lot of times you can poke that, you can spit that, but at the same time, it's the way you do it. You know what I'm saying? You got to find a happy medium. We still got to be you. We still rappers. We, the fans still love us talking that, talking that shit, but we also, we got to give them some game. You know what I'm saying? Like, like free game, it's a lot of game involved. We got other songs that didn't make the album. You know what I'm saying? Not the pre- first album. Songs, this first album we dropped, but it's going to go we on was, the album because we was preaching too much. Yeah, we, yeah, pre- we don't want to preach too much. You know, I just want to make a statement. Yeah. You know, rap. The essence of it is shit talking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We can't forget that. We got to stay lose doing sight it. of that. Word. 
That's part of the sport. Uh-huh. It's like playing basketball without jumping. You got to jump. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yep. shit talking is part of the game. <laughs> so don't get too serious when you hear somebody spitting that shit. Yeah. You know, if they spitting a rhyme that's hardcore, they spitting a rhyme about females, they spitting a rhyme, you know, half of us being funny, being clever, and a lot of shit talking. You're know? finding that um, balance. Letting your nuts hang. That's just like our favorite comedians. Whatever you got. Because our favorite comedians that we grew up with, when we see how funny they is, if they sitting up there too serious nowadays, I don't even want to see them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not trying to put ourselves in the place of a comedian, but you want to hear that person or see that person as he was, how you became a fan of them. What made you, you know trust them saying? when they talk? Yeah, yeah. Talk right. That shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, but we did have songs. We we do have songs where we kind of okay, that don't need to be on this album because we kind of preaching too much. They don't want to hear no preaching like that. We doing too much, so let's take that off, replace that with this slap right here. Mm-hmm. You feel me like that? You know, and and we talking all back to, back to the arguments. Yeah, back <laughs> to the arguments because that's for sure. For sure, it would take place at some point in every conversation. There got to be a little disagreement so we. Uh, logic yeah. always prevails with us. Mm. So you can't really talk. I'm speaking for myself. Can't really try to make a point with Ice Cube, Snoop, and E-40 unless it's logical. Because yeah. as soon as you throw it out there, especially Cube, especially Cube, especially Cube. if you throw out illogic, it's coming right you gotta back to you. got to make sense. He's going to format it for you and go, Craig, you realize you just said something very illogical. You're like, going to take it and be like, you're right. Okay. We got the phone. like that Cube. Cube this dude be thinking, boy. <laughs> So, hey, <laughs> but I'm saying though, like, like we all have this thing that we do, Snoop Dogg. Like, we we can have a whole fucking conversation. We had these business meetings, and it's, it's us four. And let's say there's a fifth party or a fifth group of people that mm-hmm. is dealing with us, and they talk all this shit. We got whole shit, and Snoop say it's not enough money. <laughs> <laughs> whole conversation with, <laughs> and then guess what they come back with. We have more. We have more. Yeah, more money. Always yeah. Yeah. Right. And dogs, I told you, motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how we get down. For Straight y'all. up. We were saying it in the beginning, but like what it means to be like a legendary artist, an iconic artist, and you got to have those songs that become like anthems, right? Like people grow up to, they listen to. Um, that isn't just like having a hit record, having a good record is good. Having a hit record is great. But when you have an anthem, um, I mean, it like it, it defines a generation. Kids come up listening to it. it it's different. I'm curious on this album, do you guys feel like there's songs you feel like are potential anthems or is it hard to predict when you're making them? In our minds, we I do. I wouldn't try to. But we don't try to. We don't try to make them. We just do it. We just go in there and do it. You know what I'm saying? We I got, go I got a couple of theories. Let, let the fans let us know. I got a couple of theories, James. Look, so you got hit records. Mm-hmm. A hit record could come and go it could last forever it could change your life you have what you call anthems that's the hottest shit out right now the joints that everybody have turned the party up but then you have this other level of what I love and that's the one that no one can predict it's timeless Mm -hmm. timeless might not be an anthem it might not even be a hit but it's going to it's going to always like resonate really good with the listener Mm -hmm. and then for some reason you have these records they're like little turtles and the hits go ah, and the, and the yeah. anthems go ah, but yeah. the timeless, it just goes forever. That's, that's real. A better, that's a better way. Like I feel like it, the way you started saying the hit and anthem feel like it could it could change your life. It right? could be timeless, but a timeless might change other people's lives, right? right. Like that's the one where people it just are rolls like, with you. It's the it's the song that you and the kid listen to together. Mm-hmm. It's the song that your kid got from you and turns on to their kid. So now it's third generation down. That's that's Motown, and it happens like that. You My know? mama plays songs. That was 20 years old, and I used to think it was pretty much new because she played it that much. Same. You same. know what I mean? Yep. So always crazy watching people um, pull from your records, right, and start to bake them into their new records. Like mm-hmm. I think about um, love it. Kendrick pulling uh, Bird in the Hand and like just mm-hmm. bringing that in. And so many of us love that, and you just love that beat. You love the, and he's not just taking the beat; he's pulling the ideas of the records. Fresh out of school because I was a high school grad. To get a job cause I was a high school dad Fresh out of school cause I was a high school grad Sleeping in the living room of my mama's bed Reality struck, I seen a white car crash The light pole, two niggas hopped out on foot and dashed And you find this mutual respect between the dudes who are coming up after you And then as a result, their audiences, right? Mm-hmm. Some people yeah. might not have heard that Then they go on who sampled or a genius or whatever And then it goes and pulls them back And they're like, damn like our guy respects these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. And it goes on. Um, you know, I could do any kind of 
concert, you know, any any age group. Age group. Mm-hmm. And because we came up in the era of sampling, and we we sampled a lot of records that was already hits. Up, that was hits yeah. for us growing up. We DNA. sample them and make a hit song for our generation, and now the next generation love the song, and then they end up finding the original song. So, you know, through through you know the the you know the phone where you can you know pick any music from any era. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a great way to keep people alive. You know, some of those artists are touring. Because we sampled their song and made a hit out of Yo. it. Now those old artists are still touring the original song. Yeah. When they see you, what do they you say? Know, um, thank you. Thank you. You know, yeah. like, like, like the Isley brothers. You know, I love, you know, Ron Isley mm-hmm. and, and, and his brothers because they said it was cool for me to use. It was a good day. Mm-hmm. And they could have been like, nah, man, that's our hit. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. Same they with Earth, yes. One and Five. They said yes. They stayed, and you know, so they... what's cool is when they perform, you know, I'm not there. They usually bring a rapper out to yeah. rap. It was a good day when they do Footsteps in the Dark. Yeah. So now it's, you know, you know, I'm generating fans for them. They're generating fans for me. Mm-hmm. And the song lives forever. And for me, it's that, like, intergenerational thing right now we all kind of like sharing the same thing the same dna stories i remember playing like puff records when i was a kid like trying to tell my dad about it and i'm like might have been like i'll be missing you and he's like brother you know the song exists and i'm like nah it just came out and you know but then he has to go dig through cds and it's like now it's like i mean one is crazy because it's like he's he's not from the rap generation but he's a fan of all y'all because i've put him on but really it's that sampling thing that's allowed us to have this mm-hmm. to the point where sometimes he'll hit me and be like yo you heard this record and I'm like what are you doing listening to this shit like, how did you how did you find it but it's that thing yeah and uh, it, it's not too far removed either man cause um in the early days of hip hop the first sampling I know that was just out, out of control was like James Brown and mm-hmm. like they were remaking a lot of disco records and, and all that shit was like 10 years removed. It wasn't really who like that good old. Who did Good Times? Was it Shalimar? Who was that? That was Good, good Times. times. Uh, good times. times? No, no, but who did who? What was Sheik. the original? Sheik. Sheik. Yeah, Sheik. There, what's our boy name that uh, been around forever? Roger, did, well, no, no. Did, he wrote De- yeah, David yeah. Boy's... Uh, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Rogers. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, right no, at the tip Rogers. of my tongue. Now, now Rogers. Now, now, now Rogers. Now. Now. Sorry, now. Sorry, now. We love you, bro. You got real hits. You got hits. You got legendary... Hip-hop... When the Tigger Hill Gang did Rapper's Delight, they played. They rapped over Shalimar, which that, Niles no, wrote. Chic, chic. I mean, I don't know why good you times. say Shalimar. Mm. Good times. So chic. You know what I mean? Why, why keep saying Shalimar got some slaps too? The yeah, people yeah, that rapped do. over. You know by the time, like, let's say by the time we came along, which was like mid later eighties, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of James Brown was just being plagiarized. Man, he's I think the most sampled. If yeah. I if I got it right, I like, would say if I had to make a matter of fact statement, I would say that they sampled. All of his shit. Like, I don't think any artist had all of their records. Also, George Clinton, he, he too, though. Drums but I don't too. think they George sampled Clinton. all of George Clinton. They sampled all every, of they, they sampled every bit of James James Brown. Because a lot of his is every started bit up of in the Parliament records. Mm, yeah. And that was like, you know, I talked to some East Coast homies. It was like, I don't really know all that shit like that. All that like that. Like, they didn't know all the We love the funk. We which is crazy because they're from Jersey and then they moved to Detroit and then, but it took hold out West and then... It became we this used to like love that shit. Yeah, yeah. we love heavy bass lines. We love and zap. Yeah, zap. God we love zap. Roger. Something about Ohio, the state of Ohio. They yeah, they they, they did something to funky. the funk that mm. that it 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 put the stank on that. The shit. DNA of what Ohio did to the funk is still it's all over hip hop. Mm. It's all over hip hop. Hip hop don't even know it, but it is. Like it is. Like when James Brown, who's from Georgia. Wanted that funk. He wanted to, you know, he, he when he got his with him. Man left him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man left him. He had to go hire uh, Boosie, Boosie yeah, Collins. Oh, People yeah. don't realize how yeah. how long Boosie Collins been around and been doing it for many moons. He was in James Boosie Brown's put band. The thing on George. <laughs> so Clinton, when Boosie yeah. left uh, James Brown, he got with George Clinton. He was like, "Y'all got to get up on the funk, man." Yeah, and and, and yeah. look, Felipe Wynn was going to be the lead singer for Boosie's group, and he ended up being with Parliament for a minute. Being with the spinners because he took him to to 
to uh, Detroit and they found him mm. in Motown. Lead singer of the Spinners. That's why he on Knee Deep. Knee Deep, mm-hmm. yeah. The homies, okay. Yeah. Come on now. This, this you, got know, you got to know your funk stories, man. Legendary stories, bro. But the the, the funk, man, that's a... Uh, Before Auto-Tune, mm-hmm. there was... The vocal or what? The, the, the vocal. The vocal <laughs> The voice yeah. box. The talk box. Yeah, yeah. talk box. Talk you box, feel yeah. me? Mm-hmm. And you know. That's crazy. I was like going through a couple of records yesterday. His record's actually named Talk Box. Something popped up on Instagram and it was showing... Um, who was it? It was Stevie Wonder when he used the talk box mm-hmm. and he was singing his records through that and how that got sampled in Frank Ocean. It's like that, that breeding ground for so much of it um, and how so many other genres too have copied that that Jazz, style. Yeah. Blues. Just mm-hmm. going back and doing these records, man. Now we're talking so much about generations here. I feel like you guys have this really, um, I'm not going to say other coasts don't do it. I'm not trying to exclude them, but you guys have this special attention you pay to the new generation. It's not, it isn't led with a lot of hate. It isn't led with a lot of, oh, they don't get it. Not only do you guys um, acknowledge a new generation, you guys embrace them. Or for instance, you clear a sample for them, you know, in a way that it was done mm-hmm. for you all. Do songs on them too. Yes, yeah, sir. We rock with them. Especially in the beginning, not when they like they clear in right. stadiums. Like y'all find, you'll find guys that had mixtapes out, right? Like when they was before they became what they became, and there's a verse, a sample gets cleared. Why is the West Coast so particular about that and so intentional about that? I feel I, like it's our duty as OGs. Yeah, I think that's how we got you know? on too. Mm, yeah. You know, we were young, it's the outsider ones, mentality. You know, and and we know sometimes when you young, hot, and new. You just need a boost. You need it. You needed somebody to co-sign you to uh, to get you over the hump. Uh, I remember even a young DMX. We did a We Be Clubbing remix, and you know nobody really on the West Coast had heard of DMX. Mm. The dogs in the ring, and the dogs gonna fight. <gasps> the dogs on the West Coast, and I'm fucking with you. Come on, where them hoes at, nigga? Keep them coming in twos. Lights no, I make it wetter. Your double header hit that ass like I got a vendetta. You know it's better with the dog. I was in New York and I saw him bubbling. I'm like, this dude gonna be, yeah, he gonna blow. And so I got with Clark Kent and uh, made the connection. I love Clark. And um, and so that's just been. I think we 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 you know sympathize with with dudes trying to blow up, and they right on the cusp because we were all right there before, and we needed that boost. Didn't you necessarily know. get it though. Yeah, which, yeah, we which, didn't, but it still all of us you. didn't get it. But it instills in you like yeah. I couldn't work with my hero. So if I'm somebody else's hero, I'm not gonna be that way. Like I'm because you gotta know mm. if you the boss, you sitting there running uh, your corporation, you gotta know, bro. Like the little guys down there in the mill room might they might come up one they day. They gonna come up. And That's right. You just gotta like remember that whole what goes up must come down shit. Yeah. And I'm like I fucked with a lot of young artists. I'm talking about. Fuck, young David Banner, fucking young 50 Cent, young Jay-Z, a lot of young motherfuckers, young UGK, that young little John, like literally these guys will come back to you 10 years later in life and throw you a favor and go, you know, when I was young, when I was young, Cal, you, shit. you know, you, you think me, you always, you, you got a favor for me always. Yeah. And that shit has come in handy. Like, you know, I, remember like, it. I, I was 40 years old when I made Blow the Whistle. That was just little John going, keep it going, bro. Like, I, I didn't have no... Lifeline to keep going necessarily like go man go. But I'm crazy, you don't wanna be like me. I come from me something where the youngsters get hype, be blow it. Blow the whistle. It's just him always remembering that we was there when he was a youngster. Mm. So if I could ever return the favor, you know, whatever, whatever you need. Well, I mean on the West Coast it was a little I mean not saying the West Coast, but Southern California. Mm-hmm. It was a little different. You know, it was a lot of uh DJ crews uh, from from Uncle Jam's Army mm-hmm. um, to, you know, Battle Cats, Joe Cooley's of the world to the Wrecking Crew. Um, so it was it was people that were trying to blow on mm-hmm. a national level. So, you know, I did have an example of, you know, what to do, what not to do, who was who was making it. Who was actually getting their shit, you know, past 
Utah, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and who wasn't, and and what were they doing to do it? So um, fortunately, I had you know people like Dre. They was older, you know. We was mm. fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and they was you know nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, and they had already been kind of in the game yeah. a little bit. Remember the old shows? We used to be on the old shows. It'd be like I don't even want to get off into the names because we we are. Lifelong friends, but we first be like us California dudes. We on the show with the uh, with the New York dudes, and we be all backstage, and nobody say nothing to each other. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we all homies now, but the first few years we like just walk past. looking I mean, at I'm, us. I'm like, talking about backstage, they was like, man. These dudes, everybody got their passes on. We like literally locals. Like, they was right looking at us like locals. Say shit. Don't even make eye contact. Nothing. It was cool. It was hip hop. So with that said, how did you even first build inroads with like a young Jay Z or because uh, game recognized game like those type you of have, dudes they recognized yeah. how the spit we were spitting. But it was a lot of good people rest. though, man. Yeah. It was, you know it what was mean? good people. You, you, you had people that would break the ice. You yeah, it was know? good. You had yeah, the, the uh, you know there was you know Houdini was always good people. To Chuck D was always good people. You know they would all just come holler. You know they wasn't really. On the tip, they was just just cool with everybody kind of dudes. Like I, I tell so, Eric Sermon, Eric Sermon is my guy. I'm like, hey, you know, for years you would speak to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, folk, I mean, he was always cool. You know, we used to always. LL hang. wouldn't talk to you. LL wouldn't talk to you for a while. You had to go on tour. You had to be on tour with him for about. I don't talk to rappers. About a month. Article. We on tour with him for about a month. But you know who was always cool? Run DMC was always cool. Yeah, we on the show with LL Cool J. You on the same shows? Uh, it was the Straight Outta Compton merger, merger yeah. year, and fucking um, L came to me. Didn't say what's up. Didn't say my name. Didn't say shit. He said respect. That was a big deal. Mm, yeah, that was a big yeah, deal. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Somebody said he called Wendy. What you doing? That was that was enough. Now, I get it. Like I, you, you don't fuck with rappers. Image all the way head to toe, but respect that was a lot for y'all. Is there someone that's um, in a younger class that like they came up to you and paid homage or paid respect to you in a way that it actually still sits with you today? Whether it's something like that, like Eminem was uh, real cool, bunch mm-hmm. of them, you know, on on top of his game, but you know, always saluted the OGs. So I was pleasantly surprised because you know he. He was at a point where he could have just, you know, was like, yo, I done made it. You know, fuck everybody. But but he was always, to me, a real B-boy. Because to me, if you don't respect the ones that came before you, you're not a true B boy. That's real. You're just a rapper. That's real. You know, I, I, so we've always respected. Grandmaster Flash always been cool. Yeah, Flash. I can't, I can't speak about, about youngsters. Oh, you're talking about youngsters, oh, sure. like younger than us. The I, respect is there. I haven't come across. I can't even think of one artist right now that didn't show a mutual respect. A young artist to the OG. I can't think of one. They all came through and said. You know, respect OG. You're a legend. Like yeah. all, the majority of them gonna show love. Or some out there that don't that won't don't give a fuck if you're a legend or not. Even they Kanye, because they on they Even right Kanye. now shit. When they you, on they right now shit and don't know that that shit can be gone tomorrow. You feel me? So real. you got those who wanna. I, when I remember, um, I went to YG's uh, remix to um, Tooted and Booted, mm. and he was like, "Man, I paid for my own video e and this, then the third man. It's like this, my, you know. what I'm saying I want to be like, I want, I want to be here. I want to be like y'all." He talking about me and Short and all of us. You know what I'm saying? I say I can dig that, my brother. So look at him; he's still doing his thing. Yeah. Shout out to YG. You know what I'm saying? People like that. You know what I mean? They see the future. They know what it takes to have longevity. Short, did you so, feel like there's someone in your mind that's like? Bit younger than you, but you're like, yo, they came up in it's those moments that you remember. Like, I was saying Kanye was Kanye was pretty humble. He came, he came, you know, open arms. Uh, I I just I don't know, man. Um, young to me already happened like five times over. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're talking about young Rick Ross, yeah, we kicked it, <laughs> but he OG now. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Um, nowadays the young, young, young guys now. A lot of them show love. Cool. They yeah, all cool. Saying. They all, yeah. yeah. Breezy. Um, yeah, I don't work, I don't work with a lot of them. There's a bunch of them, bro. I rock with a lot of them. I go to you first and be like, I love your shit, young homie. Shout out to everybody that came to the big three. You know, they Friend. show up and perform. Yeah. I think that the OGs just the youngsters first. 
when it came with the with with the mumble rap talk uh-huh. shit, and they was like, man, these youngsters came. Blah, blah, blah. And I think the OG started that shit. And the young homies was like, well, you know, if y'all don't like it, fuck y'all. Yeah, they Get was the fuck like out that, the way yeah. then. Uh-huh. And I remember hearing the conversation, and I'm the guy who like I defend hip hop in conversations. So to me, you can't sit in the room and bad talk Puff Daddy or bad talk, you know. OGs can't bad talk the, the new hip hop. I'm like, I sit there and give it to you verbatim. Like, bro, look at these young homies. Look at the numbers they doing. Yo, if you talking bad about them, where I come from, you jealous, bro. You're not talking about how they can't rap or nothing because the fans don't lie. The They're doing don't something, lie. right? Mm. Yeah. So what do you have to say about that? Because do you remember OG rapper when you was a young homie, what's the first thing they said about you? The old, what was the older people saying about you? Trash. Want to hear that shit? Mm. What the radio stations say? R and B and no rap. <laughs> Remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, <I remember>. mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was a slogan for radio stations yeah. to get people to listen. Was you, I guarantee you, if you listen to our station, you will not hear one rap song. Jeez. I remember the OGs in the industry saying, "Oh, rappers are not real artists. Oh yeah, it's just a fad. It's, it's going to go away. I mean, all this shit. We took all Hip-hop this shit. Is man. Our last. Everything. So I tell the OGs now, like, don't bad talk these youngsters, bro, because we went through the same shit. And you're a hypocrite if you do. Mm-hmm. Period. So that's real. I shut that shit up when I'm in the room. I'm like, don't, I want to hear nothing about you don't like this person because of that. Look at what they all doing and uh, giving back contributions, giving out opportunities, all that shit adds to And they want to hear gang. All that shit adds to the respect you need to get, that you earned and need to get. So if you're that kind of person, I'm like, you can't bad talk. The motherfucker like and I tell the young homies I'm like bro you on it now you on it make sure you employ some of your homies mm. make sure you hook somebody else up if you don't hook nobody up just give them the game tell them how to do it anything just mm-hmm. trickle this shit down you cannot receive what you what came to you and keep it to yourself you cannot that's against hip hop so I'm proud of hip hop because I think that we keep on passing the torch yeah. and I think that we keep on letting the next motherfucker in whether we want to or not they still get in and they still prosper and you know, we're not the flower giving industry of each other that rock and roll is and all this but shit. But I feel like that's changing in real time. Like, I feel like people are starting to think more about that, um, especially with so many passings, especially with uh, people looking at rock mm-hmm. and being like, we need to treat each other better, especially with the ageism talk, too. Right. Like a lot of these things 10 years ago felt different. We were like ageism was way heavier. Flowers were giving out way less. Um at least to me, watching it all feels like it's starting to change. Hopefully, it just take the OGs. Bad and bougie come out, and like I mumble rap. But two years later, Bad and Bougie's the hottest song at the OG party. Mm-hmm. It just take them a little while to catch on sometimes. But you know, and the, and the youngsters, hip hop is uh, has a very short attention span. So what's done five years ago is forgotten. It's old. OG. That's why we are in the. If you ain't a group, that's why solo bolo. We are in the world of. Two verses, man. Two verses and we out. You feel me? Because mm. of the attention span. You feel me? I ain't mad at it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I feel like it's our duty as youngsters to, to I mean, as OGs to to game up the youngsters. I know that a lot of youngsters want to hear. They want to, they want to, they want, they study uh, rappers that has been here for many moons. You know what I mean? Sure. And, uh, and, and get some game from them. Certain ones, though. Certain ones like I, I mastered the independent game, you know, me and the click, you know, by putting my own Gouda. I don't have an executive producer or nothing. Putting my own bread into myself. Where'd as you get that rapper. money from, Earl? Well, I had a clothing <laughs> store. We're not going to talk about that. Store. <laughs> yeah. I had a clothing store when I was a teenager. Shit, no, no, no. It was a oh, We no. started, we, we didn't blossom just like that. It was like consignment sheets at M&M Liquors, consignment sheets at Bills and Wheels. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, certain liquor stores and barbershops and stuff like that. We were selling tapes out the trunk of the car, out the car, trunk of the car, literally. Mm. Like, literally. With the, I used to, they used to call me Business Zero because I have a, a, a briefcase and I have my consignment sheets and everything. We had a tape full of trunk, I mean, the trunk full of tapes. And selling them things. Then we hooked up with music people in City Hall Records, which are small one stops in the Bay Area. Distributors. Distributors. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's how it happened. My uncle St. Charles, he had CDs in the in the I mean cassettes were well, records, forty fives in the seventies. You know what I'm saying? So he kinda he he showed us the way as well. And uh he also uh showed Master P and many others how to how to do the thing. So I feel take your you know, dirty money and clean it up. 
I feel like for so many of us, <laughs> it just looked like that. I always say that shit. You're like, shut up, short. I am from the streets, though. Everybody know that. I'm going to take it off the West Coast for a second. Do you guys have a Mount? Is this maybe Mount Eastmore? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe you guys don't have to pick four. Maybe everyone picks one. And then I don't know what we're going to do about Snoop. Okay, maybe you're we'll saying who's your, who's your Eastmore on the mountain? Or who do you think the group Mount Eastmore should be? That's two different questions. Which one y'all want to answer? I would rather pick the group because okay. it'd yeah. be too hard to pick my four favorite rappers in any any fucking And the group can, can be based upon like what you think might sound the best, right? Not even like scale of... But they got to be, you know, they got to be up there, though. They can't be like. For me, it would be like, uh, I'm thinking about the show. I would have to say KRS-One because of what he, just the, the catalog and what he would do. Um, I would definitely put a Big Daddy Kane up there because, you know, you got the guy for the ladies and shit. Yeah. Um, it gets tough. Uh, you know, you, you, you say a Rakim could be, would you say Rakim? Yeah, I would say Rakim. He would, he would say Rakim. And then you could, um, cause I, I could be like Rakim or maybe like a Chuck D or somebody, or somebody, or somebody. But then I'd have to put like you'd have to put a a, a Jay Z or somebody on there like the just you know for the Snoop Dogg factor. Yeah, it's kind of like, like the Snoop, right? So that'd be a good good list for me, man. Um, I could I could do some interchangeable parts. Yeah, in there, you know, Fat Joe comes to mind as somebody who would you know bring a lot to the group. Yeah, Mount Eastmore. Mm. You know, it's it's like interchangeable parts. I'm a pass on that one because it's too many. It's too many names I can say. I don't want to leave nobody. Who would be? I would put Tretch, Naughty by Nature. I don't know. It depends on because like if you want to like, you know, you got the if you talking about old school, old school like us, right? I'm talking catalog. I'm talking stage parents. I'm talking business. right, but I'm just they saying it's, it's like there. it's other ones too though. Like it's you know, I just I let Cube go ahead and do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, he picked a few of mine. You know. Mm-hmm. Big Daddy. Then you'd have to go with the relationship. Do they Rakim. get along? Got to know all the shit. Big Daddy, Rakim, Jay-Z, and Nas. There you go. Damn. That's strong. And then you got... And then I, look, I, I start thinking them, about it. I'm like, I think about Fat Joe. I think about Naughty by Nature. I think about hits. They got hits. Yeah. But also when you pick that, like I imagine when y'all go out on tour, you know when people go on one of you just be like, yo, I just want to let me, let me be open or let me get up in there, right? Like I feel like they're going to bring those same... Like a Mount Westmore tour is like just the people. Like I'm just thinking about the people who are gonna even if they don't even rap, like that backstage. Even Mount Westmore, man, I'm sitting there like, if I broke my leg, man, here go Warren G, here go DJ Quick. Engine <laughs> yeah, reserve, yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. Like right there with catalog. Mm-hmm. With just crowd love. Warren G did all our shows with us. And we did Mount West, we did a bunch of shows le- uh, earlier this year, last year. Warren G had that. If you was backstage, he had that motherfucking building was up. Yeah. Another one, like we're talking about, uh, we say timeless songs, like forever music, forever music. Like that's when I go naughty by nature. They got the forever songs. That's the Jersey in me is like word. Yeah. <laughs> they do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got so mean. Like you put hit put naughty hits. Mm. They got man. They they put it down, fellas. Man, that's it. That's this is the whole show, man. Appreciate you guys. It. Thank you. Like I can't. For you guys, being in the room is probably really regular. Uh, it's not regular for me, yo. This this is this is a big day. Thank you guys Jersey for pulling up. Jersey should do up. their own Mount Jersey. Yeah. A lot Queen, of, a lot gotta of have Queen Latifah. <laughs> uh, gotta have Red Man. Right? Latifah. Got Red Man. Red Man. They got bars to get to Newark. The, yeah, it's got to be that level, though, because a lot yeah. of dudes in Jersey my age are out of their minds. So, Red I don't Man, know. Red Man, Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Tretch. You do Tretch? Tretch. You got to do Tretch. Lauren is in a different yeah, category of rap. Lauren, go crazy. Y-Clef. Right? Y-Clef. got Rock Yeah, that's that's it. But it's like, yeah, I mean, Jersey's got its talent. But guys, thank you for this, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mount Westmore.